Can I swear? Yeah. Stunning. Fuck yeah, you can. Oh, stunning. Do you like the swearsies? I love swearing. What's What's your most common swear word? Oh, I mean, you know, probably fuck, but I do love a good cunt. You love a good cunt. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Some have said. <laughs> Let it be known. <laughs> if you weren't already aware. <laughs> yeah. Close up. Yeah. Sorry, mum. Mum listens to this. Your mother. Is it, are we, is this begun? Has it begun? It's up to you. Do you want to begun? Yeah. I like begun on cunt was good. That was good. Good moment. I agree. We've got, you've got excellent taste. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Welcome back to Hako Meets Humans, everyone. We are blessed with Half Queen here today. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, um, I'm good, actually. Yeah, usually I follow up with some sort of thing, but no, I'm actually good this time. Oh, well, that's, that's almost like a genuine comment there. Yeah, it's genuine. <laughs> <laughs> I try and be as truthful and honest as I can, so. Yeah, while also, like, taking the piss as yeah. much as you can as well. Exactly, which is kind of the same thing. It's a good vibe. Do you like putting, do you like putting people, like, on edge or, like, Knocking people off balance. Do you enjoy that kind of thing? Yeah, I love it. That's sometimes why I leave the house with sort of clown makeup on. See what happens. Just really, just really weird some people's days up. Exactly. I love this space of like uncomfortableness. That's hilarious to me. Yeah, that's my whole vibe at Crumb. Yeah. <laughs> when people come in. I know. <laughs> I've experienced it, but I liked it. Yeah. Here I am. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming on. You're lucky. Yeah, I know. I, 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 <laughs> I appreciate how lucky I am. We're all lucky. Um, you're an extremely, uh, you hustle hard, mm -hmm. you know, and you make it look effortless and easy. That's good. Yeah. Glad. But like okay. I can, I, I, knowing how things work, I know how much work is happening for all this stuff to happen. Yes. So I feel very blessed that you've had an afternoon off. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Usually I don't speak. So <laughs> I'm usually a mute generally. Nah, I try not to talk about myself. Like I made a decision maybe like a few years ago. Where I was like, I need to actually not do interviews and other random things because I just hate talking about myself. Like I need to just fuck up. So were you were you doing lots of interviews before that decision? Yes. Okay, and yeah. I was like, why am I doing like no one cares? Like I don't care. No one cares about me as much as I care about me. So if I make the decision that I need to shut up. Then I will, but like, you know, I just found it so pointless. And so <laughs> what has, has anything changed since that point you made um, that decision? Like, do you feel, is it, is it because of everything you've done that you're like, okay, maybe I, I can legitimately talk about this stuff or? Yeah, well, kind of, yeah. I think I'm just more of an evolved person or not even evolved, just like older and more, I've done more things. I've got more experience in the shit that I was like talking about before, but now I actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Even now I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know, I've got more of a grasp. I totally know exactly what you're talking about. I shudder to think if I had had this podcast like three years ago. Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And exactly. So now, honestly, sometimes I read <laughs> things that I'm like, that I've said and I'm like, what the hell was I, who let me? Say anything. Have you ever have you ever had the horror of seeing like maybe you've got an old phone or an old Facebook account that you randomly reaccess and you're like you look at some of your messages or conversations you were having like yeah. three five years ago and how traumatizing. Cringe. Even like my Twitter, some of my tweets, I was like, who are you? Why are you saying anything? Yeah, a lot of that. And I try not to like you know on Facebook when you scroll up in a message, I try not to 
go up too far. Yeah. I'll trigger myself and I, go into a spiral. You hopefully. did retweet a very old tweet about being a DJ though, Yeah, right? I did. That was 10 years old. That is <laughs> fucking so cool. I know. I mean, I can't even remember writing that. Like I always wanted to be a DJ, but I cannot remember ever fixing my little fingers to be like, I want to be a DJ. <laughs> but I did. And that's fucking cool. It's like, it was like a spell, you know, it worked. You like manifested it. Yeah, essentially. It was a vision. <laughs> a Twitter vision. A Twitter vision. <laughs> I love Twitter vision. Um, we should say all the things you do. Like like you say, you're a DJ mm-hmm. as Half Queen. Yeah. But um, you also perform with a lot of acts as well. Yeah, I DJ for, I don't perform with a lot of acts. I've so seen you fucking. Look, I <laughs> I saw you at Tuning, I saw Paloma at Tuning Fork. Yeah. And like you behind the decks is as much of a cool thing to watch as Paloma oh, doing a shit. Cool. So yeah. That's very nice. So I'd you. say perform, but that's bunny ears. You can do what you want. I mean, perform, it is kind of, I guess it is performing. Um, I DJ for GSB, which is probably like my number one income. And then I. Sometimes I'm on the roster for a Polly Hill show. She's got about three different <laughs> DJs that she uses. And that's fine because I'm generally busy. So whatever. That's cute. Um, what else do I do? What else do I do? We, I've also, sorry, you go. No, I was just going to remind you about your life. Oh, about what I do. <laughs> Thank you. I also um, co-direct music videos with Paloma, who I just said before who's also that's Polly Hill I don't know if you said already did you say it was Polly Hill people might not know Look, I don't fucking pay attention no. to the shit I say no neither do I Paloma is Polly Hill um so we direct music videos together under a pseudonym Connie Cash um and then I produce events and basically I'm like the house mother of filth which is oh my god I always Blah, blah, blah. As honestly, I've done this spiel so many times. It's a um, queer collective and we basically run one event at the moment called Filth, which is a space that we've created for queer and trans, black, indigenous people of colour to come and be themselves as well as like we have a a very strong kaupapa about platforming underrepresented QPOC talent. So... That's a whole yarn. <laughs> yeah, very long yarn. But yeah, that's basically what I do. I don't know what else I do. Uh, could you even fit anything else in? I probably could. And I, I actually, I, like I do other things, but they're not really worth talking about. What do you do? We will get into all that stuff. What do you do that isn't music to like switch the music thing off? Is it plants? Plants is definitely one thing. Like I'm a plant mother, I would say. Um, which is a relatively new phenomenon for right, me. Because okay. <laughs> I've always like moved around a lot and I'm constantly like traveling with Jess. So I like in November moved in with my girlfriend Timena and then that like as soon as I had my own space, I was like, whoa, 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 I can do this plant thing now. And so I've always been obsessed with nature and plants. So naturally there's been a jungle in my house. Beautiful. So, yeah. And that's stunning. Um, and yeah, I don't know. What I do to switch off, I play Nintendo Switch a lot. Sick. Which I, I'm like very obsessed with. I'm very obsessed with. Um, Tourable gaming as well. You can take it on tour. That's exactly why I bought it. Yeah. So I need this device with me. Um, and I actually got it like I was, I always wanted a gaming device because I never had one as an adult. I, that'd always be someone else's. But I, um, I was convinced by a podcast to oh get God. a Switch. Podcast. So may this podcast convince whoever's listening 
to get their own Switch. Get a bloody Switch, mate. And get Zelda. Switch and Zelda. Breath of the Wild. Exactly. There we go. (laughs) Sick. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I used to have, uh, what was the one before Switch? Uh, DS, yeah, maybe? DS, because I just I just loved Pokemon so much that yeah. that was my touring thing. I was just like, I'll just start a new game and fucking do all that shit. You need to. It's only so many. Like I have a Kindle as well because I quite like reading random shit mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, but there's only so much reading you can do. Sometimes I just want to like <laughs> faint some Pikachu's. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, I did want to talk to you about filth because a. I loved how you are also kind of a little bit tired of talking about it. Mm. Not not tired. Tired's the wrong word. No, I'm not but tired. Like, I'll never be tired of talking about it. You 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 had the reaction of someone who has been asked the same question over and over. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, and and I find that so interesting yeah. because it kind of says a little bit about at what at what point along the continuum of understanding most people are mm. for the things that are involved in that. Exactly. Right? They're all at the like, so what is this? Mm, what is it? Yeah. It's the what is that that's like I'm over saying. I will talk to filth and I will talk about filth, but saying like the sentence of what it is, I've yeah. said it so many times. But you have to. Yeah. And 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 I like, yeah, I, I could sense that as soon as you <laughs> said that, obviously. The eye roll? The eye, yeah. Um, and kind of what I wanted to ask about it was because it's so – it's not inward-looking. I don't mean it in that sense. I mean, like, it is – it has very strong boundaries. This is what – this is who it's for. Mm-hmm. This, you know, this is what we stand for, all these things. Yeah. Was there – and you've – we should shout out because you guys were first boiler room session in New Zealand. Exactly. Big round of applause. And that's so- Applause, Benji. That's Woo! like honestly huge. I think people are still in shock about it. Yeah. Like how cool that is. Yeah. Was there ever – some people might assume there might be a bit of tension between that, between like having the strong marriage, like th- what we do is for these people, mm-hmm. but – and then entering into a, a context of we are now – everyone is essentially invited digitally. Yeah. Like how do you feel about those two worlds coming together? Mm. I'm into it. I feel like I learned on, I learned on, I learned pretty early on in the business of like creating events, especially inclusive minded ones. The only way, like, like I have to keep thinking like, what is the future goal? Like what ideally, what world do I want the future of like the queer tamariki to like live in basically? And that's in a world where filth isn't necessary. So the only way, like, filth is like a, a safe haven and a sacred space for queer people. So, like, ideally, we don't, we won't have to have a place where we have to find solace because the world's so horrible, you know? Like, ideally, filth doesn't have to exist. So I feel like I always have to think about what that is. And the only way to create that world is to make the event as, like, inclusive as possible. And that's something we've learnt early on because I was struggling to like balance being inclusive but also being a safe space and I've never said that filth is a safe space (laughs) just like let's just get that out of the way there's no such thing as a safe space so like trying to create the balance between inclusivity and safe space is very hard so we like we, we tested out being like an exclusive a more exclusive kind of party where it was very like this 
idea of like, um, you know, like we have to, like I have to know the people who come essentially. So obviously I'm not going to vet everybody who walks in the door at Filth, but like there was a time where we were, we were juggling that because it proved to be that the more open and inclusive we make it, the less safe it is for everybody in there. So um, I don't know, I feel like the opportunity for Filth to be like on the world stage, like Boiler Room is pretty incredible. Obviously we're never going to say no. Um, and then we, ha we just have to like keep in mind that this is helping. Like this is pushing towards like the ideal world that we envision. So like, like you read the comments, people are like, what the hell is this? Like even the one like Boiler Room posted some photos today and someone was like, I can smell, the, I could smell it from here or some <laughs> shit like that. Like that's annoying and whatever, but at the same time, it's making people uncomfortable. It's making them react. So like if, if, if like <laughs> there can be an image of someone at filth that makes someone be like, initially like oh gross but then they're like wait actually that kind of looks kind of lit and then they'll go and watch the boiler room video they'll be like wow that actually looks kind of cool how can I access that and how can I tap in so I think yeah there's like a fine there was a fine line between making it like exploiting the community obviously we'd never do that but at the same time we have to acknowledge that there's a huge opportunity in boiler room asking us to do that. So we had, we like put in a lot of measures to ensure that the safety wasn't like, you know, cooked mm. essentially, if that answers your question. No, of course. Kind of sounds like in the weighing up of the decision, the intention of it, of filth being an inspiration mm -hmm. to others, not the thing. Exactly. Was like really helped by having boiler room there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I totally get that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Is like it needs to be. It has to be inclusive. And it has to be accessible because, like, one of our like I cite Pussy Palace, which is the same thing in London essentially as like being the like inspiration for like for what filth is. We've always imagined it as kids, but like seeing that in person and like seeing queer people and queer bodies be celebrated in such a way that like when we went to that in London and came back, we were like, oh my God, this is incredible. But obviously if we weren't allowed to go for any reason, obviously it's a space for me. So I'm like, obviously I would go to it. But if it wasn't made accessible or if it was an exclusive party, I would have never got the inspiration to create that space for like Kiwis here. So I don't know if that even makes sense or if I'm talking anything, but you know. No, I get you. Yeah. It, I, I kind of want to know about like how it's like right at the early times, like, so you, you went to Pussy Palace in London mm -hmm. and that was kind of the first time you, f you felt that kind of um, space for yourself or, 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 or let's just say a less, less than just general person space or, 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 or is that spaces that you've been able to access um, often? Um, I've got a burp in me. <laughs> Do it. Um, I'm just thinking... We started Filth in, 2000, in November of 2018 and I went to Pussy Palace for the first time the next year. Okay, year. right. So like I had experienced Filth in its first stages and that was like incredible and I think it's hard to find that in other places. So I think, I don't know, I'd always find moments of that exact feeling in different places. Like for instance, when I'm watching... Samara perform I will feel that and when I'm 
like having a dance with some people at a gig somewhere or if I'm watching like Madonna for instance like those like that those small moments of feeling is what I feel it feels so like where to get I like personally I would have experienced filth in I don't even know I can't articulate what I mean but I would experience the essence of filth in smaller moments before filth was even a thing mm. and then like m- making filth and creating that portal to that thing was like the next the next step so like the order of events is is not like isn't what is it, what am I saying like correct and yeah. and like a, a date chronologically yeah. it's not correct like like I always wanted filth to be a thing since I was like a young person and then we created it like Jess went to London for like a a bunch of shows in 2018 and she came back and she was like we need to do this thing and I was like I've always wanted to do this thing let's do this thing I don't know what it looks like I don't know what it is but I can feel there was a definite like space in in the nightlife scene for us to like create whatever filth was so going so at that point going into it did you you felt like confident and empowered or did it feel scary and like uncertain I felt very confident and empowered. Yeah, like, right. I, like, there's, like, a certain, like, boldness and brashness that you have as a young person. So this was three years ago. I'm like, young person, relax. Not even that. <laughs> Not even that. You know when you're just younger. Oh, you, you remember fears. being young. young. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, like, a certain tenacity that I had when yeah. I was younger. Like, an invincibility. So, um, yeah. When we started Filth, we were very – I was, I was like, confident. I was, like it – was, it was scary in that – we were like, oh, is anybody going to come? Mm. But in terms of like, the, like understanding the responsibility of what it is to like have people in a space where you are responsible for them, like that, I wasn't, I, I, was, I had no idea. I was just an idiot. But, but we quickly learned, obviously, the importance of what that is. So, yeah, it was definitely, it was, a, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. But yeah, that's basically how it started. Do you, so, and obviously, like, you got, it's, it's, Extremely successful, not only in like n- normal terms, mm. but also just for like your intentions for it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but it also has limitations. You know, you're in Auckland. There's only a certain amount of spaces to do and all these things. Um, what do you do? You have a vision of what a like um, ideal space in terms of the physical space would be for for a filth party? Do you ever sit around imagining yeah, that? Like I do. So yeah. I do. Um, yeah, I do. I feel like, this, oh, I don't know. It's just like I, I don't want to unless it's going to be like, well, we're actually planning something. Well, we are. We're always okay. planning something, but <laughs> we're always planning something. But I feel like there's no like set f- setting, mm. like or a place of or a space of what the ideal filth party would be because it's always changing. There's no filth temple. No, there's no filth temple. There's no filth template. There's no thing because it's just it it exists as a fluid idea and i like that you called it a portal which obviously as i had actually talking to samara last week you used the same language Mm. um and i love that idea because i think it really it just mentally for me it allows the context of the um, environment or the experience to take center yeah. place as opposed to like the room or the sound system or the, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I yeah. really love that way of viewing it. Well, that's, yeah, it's 
like I've tried to like articulate what it is. I feel like Portal is is almost there. Because I don't know, I'm like, let me not G myself up that much. But like, it is a sacred space, essentially, for queer people. I think so. you're allowed to say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Portal's a pretty accurate way of describing it. How, how did you and Jess meet and start working <laughs> together? That shit, yeah. Fuck. Like, uh, how young were you? I can't even, honestly, I've been asked this question before. I actually can't remember when I met Jess. I feel like she can remember when, when we met, but... Because we both grew up in Auckland, in central Auckland or like the outskirts, we, I feel like, we've, like we would have, well, I know we've got like, we had very many mutual friends in high school. Mm. I didn't go to the same school as her, but uh, like say she'd catch the train, we'd, I would catch the train. So there'd be like crossovers in that kind of sense. So I've always known who Jess was for a long time, like since I was a teenager. Um, and then I actually cannot remember when I, when I like first like hung out with her or like made the decision to be friends with her. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I remember watching her at Neck of the Woods for like a Black Lives Matter fundraiser and being like, holy hell, this is my new best friend. Mm. Stunning. Um, I don't know. I can't remember that. So you is it like a is it like a mutual cheerleader relationship for yeah. each other? Is it like are you like or is it a is it a more classic kind of sister sister relationship in a sense? Like how like do you is it just yeah I, I don't know. It seems like quite an interesting relationship in a sense because yeah. Jess has been like in in the mode of popping off for like the last like two or three years in a sense you know what I mean yeah yeah we definitely are cheerleaders like I think if you're friends with with someone for long enough or in certain conditions Mm. it turns into a sister relationship like obviously I think I have that with like all of my friends we just that's also the kind of person I am as well you know um so it is very like that also like when you tour all the time like you know. Yeah, do you, you get like touring? <laughs> do I like touring? I love touring. I, I do. I get, I feel, I haven't done it for as long, like, as I would have, like, imagined myself to have, like, by now I think the whole COVID thing cooked it. But I enjoy touring. I do. It gives me something, like, I'm like, I love having something to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love being in a different place and, like, I love eating food. So that's, yeah, oh, I miss it. <laughs> food is the best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, man. I get it. And you're a good traveler? I am an excellent traveler. I've never missed a flight. Yeah. I'm very organized. You know, <laughs> I think I'm a, a great traveler. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that, <laughs> that is good news. Yeah. Um, and the DJing thing. Yes. How is DJing, when, when you tweeted that 10 years ago, <laughs> they're like, I want to be a DJ. Yeah. Do you, as much as you can remember, do, how has actually being a DJ stacked up and what you expected it to be versus like what it actually is? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Cause actually like when I started DJing, I actually had no idea what it all entailed. And I feel like with any sort of career or job or like artistic outlet, there's always so much more to it than meets the eye. So I think I didn't have too many expectations when I first got into it. Okay. But it's definitely 
it's exceeded everything that I thought it would be in terms of like the skill set, like the how expensive it is, or like the gifts that it's given me, or the connections I've made because of it. Like it's it's the gift that keeps on giving. I'm utterly grateful to Jess for, for like pushing me. So that's how I started. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't know. There's always the, there's so much about DJing that I've yet to discover. Yeah, but like I'm. Yeah, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> is there much like intent? Like, is there much thinking about an intention of like I pl- I'm gonna play this kind of music, um, in in a broad sense? Like the, the this is what you're gonna hear when you go to a half queen set, or is it far more like on the night visceral ooh, what you're feeling? Yeah, I it's like oh I don't know because I. I feel like I ask myself this question all the time mm. and I think it it always depends. There's a lot of variables that will go into how I approach it. set. So if it's something that really means like a lot to me and like it's important that I don't fuck it up, e.g. the boiler room, I like I will have planned that shit out mm. to the to the millisecond of of what that set is gonna be. So stuff like that, I will absolutely like a lot of thought goes into it and like the storytelling of how the set goes. I think I'm always storytelling no matter what kind of set I do. But if it's something like a random club set or I'm DJing at Verona or something that's, or like something like, or if I'm playing on like the ghost sound system, for instance, like those kinds of sets will always be a direct, a direct um, like reflection of how I feel that day or in that minute. Or like if someone fucked me off five minutes before, it's always gonna be that, it's reactive essentially. And like, yeah, I don't know. Like as far as reading the crowd goes, it's very... If someone's fucked you off. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard style. <laughs> That's what you're getting, yeah. Yeah, it's very, I don't know. I don't want, like I hate, I've, I've always hated like a, like labels so, or fitting in a box or that kind of thing. Yeah. I already feel like I'm put in a box because of my identity. So I don't ever want to be like, I play, I'm a strict house DJ or like I'm a strict whatever DJ. Like that's never going to be me. Period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know I'm jumping around a bit, but the, the please jump. I love it. The in a box thing so interesting because I did want to uh, like with all the identity stuff and how the whole idea of it's it's not only important to people, but it's also forced on people in the same time. Mm. That that box, you know. Yeah. And and again, like how early on in the continuum, all the discussions around it are. Is, uh, uh, I'm always interested to talk to people who have become in, in some ways like, ambassadors is the wrong word, but like say like uh, are in a position contextually where they constantly have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Whether they feel like it's been forced on them. How, how, like, how many people feel like I'm forced to be a representation of this thing that I'd rather... I, it's just me. I'm just doing my thing. Mm. Versus how many people like I want to be up. I want to be like essentially upfront talking about all these things all the time, because I don't think that's a discussion. Like because like I said, you're going to turn up uh, representing filth, and you're going to get like. But in some ways, that's kind of the intention of filth. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But there are lots of artists or um, parties or anything that are not ex- as explicit about that but we'll still have to talk about that all the time. Mm. And just like, it's just, I know it's a bit of a, it's not, there's not really a question in there, but <laughs> in your experience, like 
um, uh, 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 what are other people's experience with that kind of thing? Like, do you feel forced to talk about it more than you want to talk about it? About, I guess that's the question. About like, being uh, put in a box. Uh, like, like essentially, we uh, the discussion is going to be about your identity. Yeah. Or about that, about all that stuff. I don't know. I feel like it's dependent. Because it just seems like so, such high stakes all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like you, there's no there's no casual conversation. No, it's always like, <laughs> and what is it like to exist as <laughs> you? Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like because, I don't know, my identity isn't, 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 I don't even know if I have the words or intelligence to even talk about it, but like I feel like it's, you cannot escape the like, the vessel. Essentially. Because I just get to sit down and talk about fucking either Pokemon but cards like, I'm not or like, media. What is it like being a man making podcasts? What is it like to be a male in the podcast industry? You it's, know? It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I have so much, ins- yeah, I have like so a, much like, unique yeah, insight on yeah, it. Yeah. Like I'm not like, it's not like I'm ever, like I don't ever think too, I don't think too much about it, but like, I don't know. I don't even know if this is what you were talking about, but like. I, I simply cannot escape the intersections that I live in. That's that's just, that's it. And th- those directly feed into um, my experience on earth. And so that feeds into my passions and what I do and like how I express myself. So everything is inherently linked and it's always going to come back to something like that. I guess it's an ownership thing. Like you get to, you get to own that because that's your, those are your intersections. Yeah. It's another thing having someone else identifying those about you and mm. being like, this is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So if I feel like if I'm, the, if I'm the one saying something about the little box that I occupy, then that's fine. But also if you were to be like, so obviously you've been a queer woman in music, sure, I will answer your question, but it's, it's a little bit like, I don't know. It always is dependent on who's asking. And that's why I've never really asked I don't. I don't think I would really ask that question. No, you be- wouldn't. Be- because it it is in a way like forcing a. Yeah, an entire. It's not just an innocent. It's not just a question. No. No. It's like you're okay. Now we're gonna. It's it's like um, it's a question with a worldview put on it as exactly. well. You know exactly. Which is like I just get to have questions asked of me. You know. Exactly. I just get to. Basically, like lie down on this couch and not have to worry about it, which is, and I feel like um, there must be some people out there who also, ultimately, that's just what they want to be able to do, and I don't think you can ever. Uh, I mean, you can't assume anything. Assumptions make an ass out of you and me. Exactly. And don't assume. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But I, I, I it's just such a because I, I listen to a lot of media. Mm-hmm. I really like thinking about, you know, where conversations are going and who's actually, because there is power in conversations between people, you know what I mean? Exactly. And I just, it's, it hurts me, especially with an artist's world where they have to sit down with someone and it's like all the controllers and the interviewers and they're asking like, they don't, and if they don't understand it, no. then they'll ask shit questions and it will be bad experiences exactly. and all those things. It hasn't been a bad experience so far. So, oh, congratulations. Thank Don. you. I was fucking so worried about this. <laughs> I've been thinking about this all day. I was putting wrong milks in people's coffee just oh, in there. No, just, God. <laughs> that's not true. I do that on purpose, though, if people are a bit shit. Shake them up. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, can I get a soy? And we're like, bro. 
we don't do soy. Fuck soy. And they're like, oh. I was one of those people. <laughs> We're like, we do oat. Yeah. Our oat's better than soy. And and then but some people go like, oh, you don't have soy? Okay, I'll go for a long black with cream. They'll go like the full opposite. Yeah. Or some shit like that. So I've kind of like, for a few people, I've just done, they're like, oh, I'll just have like a beef milk flat white. Yeah. I'll like do an oat for them. Oh, and they don't fucking know. What they if they've got an on. allergy? <laughs> it's you can tell no, when someone because because if I go like if you do you want oat? Someone's like I can't have oat. Yeah, I'll be like oh okay. Yeah, so, yeah, well, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. You can stay in the cafe. They're like you do things to yeah. You can tell yeah. when someone's like well I know you're a barista who works with coffee and milks, but I've had an oat flat white three years ago and I know it's bad, so I'm not going to take your recommendation. I Thank actually you very think much. your recommendation was the first time I had oat milk, and I've been drinking oat milk since. Our the oat milk we have is one of the very rare ones I would recommend. Yeah, because it's actually creamy. Stunning. So creamy boy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone go to Crumb. Yeah, shout out Crumb, shout out Miles. Um, yeah, it's really cool having like uh, that space is a really nice space. That for me, I was a customer before I started working there. So I was a customer when Isla and Hazel and uh, Miles were there. And it was a very queer friendly, very queer centric like place. Mm. And I always felt really comfortable there. Mm-hmm. And then when Ada and Hazel moved on and Miles had to hire a bunch of other people, including myself, which naturally changes cafes. Cafes change like every two years usually, the yeah. vibe. Um, it's been really nice to have, I think, have a lot less, say, like queer community people come in who are all on the same, who are all on the like respectful vibe. Mm. Uh, and I and I think it's like and like you, you and Paloma are part of that community mm. and a lot of our a lot of creatives come in there and I just it's such a special place where everyone can kind of come together. Yeah, that's one of those places where I'm like it's for me I'm like everyone here is hopefully experiencing what I get to experience all the time, which yeah. is just like just be yourself in your skin and no one's really gonna put anything on you yeah, or do any of that stuff. Exactly. You don't you don't have to perform right now. No, you get to just chill. That's great. That's like you know. The queerness, I feel like talking. I would have never gone to Crumb if it wasn't for the fact that it was like a queer space. Yeah, and that's just speaks to queer to queerness and queer spaces. Like, I feel like when you when you understand and know who's running things, they will always have a direct reflection in the experience. So, like, you know, have queer people run everything, and it, there's no like bad thing or bad like I can't think of a bad effect of having like everything be a queer space you know what I mean yeah it's just not we live in a society so <laughs> <laughs> we do live in yeah. a society you're very correct exactly. um yeah and I, I as I've gotten to you know get a little bit more into the culture it did, it's so conscious it's so intentional exactly a lot of the time. do you does that really like kick into other parts of your life like in terms of like like, are you like, oh, I'm going to understand, like, corporations and capitalism and all that stuff? No. <laughs> the laugh? You're like... Um, I don't know. I like to pretend that I'm, like, this person who thinks about things, but I think I, I'm very, like, I, I concentrate my energy into something that... Music? Like, music. Well, for instance, like, filth, for in, like, if we're just talking... Yeah. So, like, in the past few months, 
I've focused, I've focused all of my energy and all my intentional energy into filth, into that filth boiler room event. So obviously my plants oh. went absolutely, my plant mothering skills were just, you know, flopping. <laughs> Essentially I was in my flop era of being a plant mother. So like absolutely, I like to pretend that I'm like an intentional and like, you know, like person who's like thinks about stuff or like, takes it takes time out of their day to to properly understand what something means and like I do sometimes but generally I'm all over the place or like I I'm very like pour my energy into one thing and that's yeah it. yeah do you have people around you who um understand that you're gonna be like sucked into this thing for the next like one two three months you mm, know what I mean like yes yeah for yeah sure. I definitely do they're very understanding of like my process right yeah because that can be really hard sometimes to find that kind of Understanding, yeah, from musicians or music industry people. Yeah, for sure. I definitely have surrounded myself with people who are like, like I, they drew a very lucky hand, essentially, which is which is good because we're all the same. <laughs> yeah, especially like Paloma, for instance, we're essentially the same person, but a few off, you know. Paloma's a person I would describe as like always. Every, like as as at every moment late for the next thing she should be at. <laughs> she's just uh, that's just the energy. And now she's not late. But like, she's nah. got. She's like I got. Shit, I gotta go. She here. seems late, but she's actually very early. Oh, she's very early in her brain. You know, <laughs> she's a late riser, but you know, she gets to the what is it called? The early the early bird. She's an early bird. She's an early bird worm. She's a secret early bird worm. Sweep while we're talking about Polly Hill sweepstakes rules. How how good is this? <laughs> I, I like straight up messaged Paloma. Like I remember I listened to it on like the Friday it came out and yeah. I straight up messaged her. I was like, this is the best thing you've ever done. <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking love this. Yeah, it's a great song. It's funny because like I've heard it a trillion times All the time. well before, like two years ago. Well, one well, not even two years ago. When did she make that last year? Feels like too. What is with people taking so long between finishing a song and putting it out? Does that? Uh, how do you feel about that? Because that pisses me off. It pisses me off too, and I don't. I don't understand why it takes so fucking long. Like I really don't. Like me and like I was with Jess in Amsterdam when we made three. When she made Three Nights in Amsterdam. Yeah. And that. When did that EP come out? I don't even know. Like last year. And that was like. Yeah. We, that was in 2019. So. I had heard these songs and rinsed them and now we're doing them live and I'm like, fucking hell. I've, I know these songs, but, you know, I actually don't know why it takes so long. It's weird. I think it's like an industry thing. Must be. And I don't want to know what the secret is. Would you uh, – your energy and your approach is awesome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're very good at taking my over-the-top compliments. I love it. Um would you ever like you're in, the whole thing you did with filth where you're like, okay, we have this, there's this thing we want to accomplish. We've got this intention. We're going to hold this at the like center of it and move forwards. Like I think f for anything anyone can comment a, a, on the on boiler room about, it's that they can't doubt that that has been successful. Mm -hmm. um, would you ever bring that same or have any intention to bring that same kind of intention and energy to anything out in any other avenue of the music industry other than events and promoting does anything else in, uh, like in, in that kind of different realm interest you or you're just kind of like ah mm. fuck that shit 
it's very fuck that shit, but at the same time, I'm like, I need to, I, I personally need to figure out how I'm going to like sustain my career in the music industry. So obviously like putting, pouring a lot of like intentional energy and like just energy in general into something comes when I'm passionate about something. Mm. So like I will, I will do that same thing when we're working on a music video, but obviously like that kind of shit stresses me out because it's a whole other thing it's like a small army thing yeah it's very it's different but i don't know i i actually like i don't know i have no i have no fucking idea what i'm gonna do or like what interests me it's very like i'm very focused on filth at the moment we have like our future goals and like i have my intentions for what like what i want it to eventuate into but like at the moment i actually just have no idea I'm, i'm still like riding the aftermath wave of like what the filth boiler room was and what it meant. So I don't know. I don't know. How much, how much, what percentage of your shit do you think you've actually figured out? Cause when <laughs> I was 20, well, you said like you're, you're like yeah. 27. Mm. And when I was 27, that's when I think I started enjoying or like my life started getting better, but it was because I was comfortable being like, I barely, actually know anything mm. like i hit the the bottom of the curve to be like you know what i probably don't know much yes there's a there's this thing and this thing yeah. i'm pretty certain uh i know i know these two things yeah. um is that is that kind of where you're at as well yeah. like you're like i i, I, I this filth thing is a thing i know yeah I and know this filth. djing thing yeah. is a thing i know yeah. and yeah. you're like I, i'm just gonna kind of ride those and let the other stuff come in yeah i'm um, definitely i feel like I feel like I'm at that the age where I'm like, I know filth is good and I know my DJing is good. Like I've done them for long enough that I know for sure. The, the DJing, sometimes I still don't really know about. <laughs> sometimes I don't not know. Sometimes I'm like, am I? But that's just any creative thing. I feel like yeah. filth has its own entity and will exist. It, it exists everywhere, period. My DJing is my sole thing that I do that I do that's my like my essence so I don't feel this is going to exist regardless of whether I'm alive or not my f- me being a DJ I don't know about still <laughs> yeah because uh, I have this whole thing where I bemoan the lack of like the traditional DJ tastemaker mm. in terms of culture not n- n- not just like oh they're playing these records at their thing but yeah there used to be a whole thing of like radio stations and shit would be like, we're going to hand it like DJ severe yeah. who is still like doing his thing, which in is, radio, yeah. but like him in the nineties and the, in the, you know, the two thousands and he could break songs. People would go and do that thing. Mm. It seems like they've kind of stopped trusting and putting shows and like high profile airtime in the hands of people who are actually doing the shit right yeah, now. Yeah, No, they don't care about that. And like, for me, like someone like yourself would be a prime example of, I think someone who's like just in the moment of history we're in has been kind of like um, fucked over a little bit in terms of like that pathway. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Like, do you think it, like, is, is that a role you could see yourself in? Like someone who'd be like, Absolutely. this shit is good. Like, I f- yeah, I agree. I feel like I do that. I feel like I am a tastemaker in my own right. You post a lot. Like, I I, I love following you on Instagram because the, the amount of songs you share on. Thank there. God, honestly, I'm like, I'm like, I post this shit. I don't know if anyone's fucking listening. To I it. mean, it's terrible. Instagram sharing music over Instagram stories is fucking horrible. It's annoying, but I'm glad that's like, honestly, whenever someone, anybody I know, or like, if I respect their opinion, 
post a song, I screenshot it and I will list, I will go out of my way to listen to it because I'm like, I wonder if someone, anyone does that like when I post songs. I'm like, every now and then I'll hear my friend listening to a song that I'm like, I know I put you onto that. It was me. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I definitely am like, it's so fun. I don't know. I feel like this is such like a, a guessing myself up thing to say. I know for a fact that I am a tastemaker, period. So in terms of when you said like, whoever like existing in these days I'm getting fucked over like who knows what I could have done if we weren't if I wasn't like confronted with limitations as in like radio DJs for instance they don't give like they don't give jobs like what DJ Severe had to people anymore no they're just hired entertainers exactly well even then it's not they're not entertaining they're bad entertainers exactly it's like it's it's just everything is just fucking overrun by capitalism. We, where do you go? There is nowhere for like people who like music. No, I mean, no, there isn't. Yeah, I don't know. Like you can accidentally, anyone would be like, but but this one part of this massive station <laughs> yeah. on this one day plays this one song and you're like, yeah, bro, is that like, that's how you value music? Is yeah, it like, I don't know. Let's give them a round of applause. I don't know. Yeah. I like, I'm like, yeah, there's like some places, I don't know, like, if I really like a song, I will buy it, like on Bandcamp, for yeah. instance. Like I don't, I won't go and buy a pop song because who fucking knows where that money is going to. Whereas, for instance, Bandcamp, I know is going to the artist for like just to, just as an example. If anyone wanted to show some tangible support, Bandcamp is probably the one thing that I can recommend. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's what because I, I use Crumb. Like I play a lot of the. I'm like, if I really like, I'm like, we're gonna listen to this at Crumb right now. Like, be like, this is this. Yeah, you know, yes. fucking catch on to it. Mm. But isn't that sad? Like, I I, I constantly daydream about um because Jacob sat in that couch, Leaping Tiger. Shout out to Leaping Tiger. Shout out Jacob, and he actually convinced me to get onto Apple Music because he's a big Apple Music guy. Yeah, and that's cool. And I, he is I, a big Apple Music. He is guy. a massive Apple Music guy. <laughs> it's a whole that. thing. Um. And one thing I do love about it is Apple Radio. And because there's a lot of different shows on there, mm. it's really easy because you've got it coming on the radio. If you're like, what is this song? It actually shows up as if you're streaming it. Yeah. And you can just click it right away. Stunning. I constantly daydream about like, that's just digital. That's not FM. You could just set it up into that thing. I don't know why Apple Radio isn't making little satellite radio communities in each different territory or country. Mm. And so I constantly daydream about like Apple Radio New Zealand. Being Apple FM. Apple FM, where you've <laughs> got like, you know, you, you've got like even say a different radio show each each day, yeah, whatever. And sure. you've got like Half Queens, you've got Leaping Target. You just pick these people. It just don't, That is not that hard. It's not that hard, yeah. That's an excellent idea. I'm not sure why either, but... I, yeah, because I, I think I think it runs on the teeth of like FM. They're like, but if they're not gonna, people can't listen to it in their cars. And I'm like, dude, in like two years probably there'll be some Bluetooth in a phone technology where like the stereos in the car automatically pair up with the phone. It's just gonna start playing. Like, yeah. why not just start your digital thing now? Exactly. That's Who just knows? me thinking out loud. That's just do you, if you could do that, that'd be great. You're a person who okay. gets stuff done. I just say shit out loud because <laughs> you inspire with feels like, hey, can we make more spaces like this? My thing is like, I just say like, can we just can someone just please, someone do this, please. start a podcast? And yeah. someone, I would like to be a guest on someone else's podcast. So if okay. someone else could check if you could start a fi- fi- the filth cast. The filth cast, yeah, that could be a thing. Or anything. I yeah. think, you know, I don't want to force your head or anything. I just no. kind of say like, <laughs> you don't different. have to ask me on, but. 
I love that. <laughs> my biggest if we ever get our ass into gear. I don't know. I don't know. I have to see what people want, want you know. I don't know. Who it, wants a filth podcast? You need another thing on your plate, don't you? Yeah, just exactly. <laughs> another entire thing. Yeah. God. Yeah. Um, you're awesome. Thanks. And thanks for doing all the things you do. Thanks. Because I think, like, it's, it's very important for the people you're giving a space. But it's also, I think, very important for creatives and musicians in general to actually see that you can just fucking do the do shit it. you care about. Honestly. Honestly. Do it yourself. That's, like, my key phrase. Do it yourself. You want something done properly, you got to do it you yourself. got to do it yourself. Exactly. Well, there's just no, there was just nothing, you know, for us to do or go to or party at or, like, you know, if I'm a DJ, no one's booking me. Wow, do your own party and you can book yourself. And now it's and like... So many people will hit that and just complain. Yeah. So, so like... <sighs> Fucking great. I, I complained and I can. Well, You're allowed to do both. Well, like I wouldn't complain. I feel like I didn't complain a lot or like people, I don't know. I just was like, there's obviously, there's something there for me to tap into. And like, I can complain and complain all I want. But at the same time, I know I'm like grown up enough and ugly enough to understand that this world isn't going to fold to me. So I need to create my own world to like create the opportunities for the next people, you know? Like, I'm not going to fucking write any more articles about how festivals need to change their lineups. I'm just going to do my own festival. You know what I mean? Blow it out your ass. <laughs> Everybody. I'll do my own festival. Fuck it. I think that's a, that's a really great place to end the podcast. Stunning. I uh, love that. Do you have Goals. any shout outs or a plugs? Like, plugs. Shout outs. Um, we've, we've given a hefty dose of shout outs already throughout the podcast. I mean, so. shout outs to Polly Hill. Shout out to H2O Radio, which was my radio show on BFM. I haven't awesome. done it in about six months, but we'll get there one day. Um, who I, I run that with Zeki. So shout out to Zeki. Shout out to Timena, my girlfriend. Shout outs. Shout outs to you if you're going through it. Shout outs to you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Shouting out people is so funny. But yeah. <laughs> shout outs to you. <laughs> If you're listening, what the fuck? Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Huck. I love that. Uh, oh, it is awesome. Um, I only have one shout out, and that is to the student of Jesse Austin Stewart's uh, Massey um, class, which I got a message about today, who had been tasked with writing a journal about media um, and had apparently written about the Harco podcast with Tom Verburn. I love that. Which, they, which was apparently not what they should be doing. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's very kind. You should always do what you should be doing. But you need doing. to pay more attention in your class and listen to Mr. Stewart, all right? Yeah. Um, that's been another Haka Meets Him. It's here every Sunday. Period. Chiabata. What's Chiabata? Like Chiabata, but oh, like Chiabata. so tragic. TM. TM Haka Chiabata, everybody. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs>